Blog Talk Radio. It's been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. I can feel the change in the wind right now. Nothing's in my way. Bioindividualized Medicine here in southeastern Pennsylvania, and I've got two words for everybody. He's back! <laughs> okay, and he really is back. Listen, as you, as most of you know, I was uh, pretty ill for a while, needed to be hospitalized, and um, I've needed some time to recover. And I'm going to tell you, tell you something, right from my heart to your heart. The outpouring of love and support that you guys gave me really sufficed me, really sustained me. I want to thank each and every one of you who have been patient with me, who have been patient with the transitions in my practice, but mostly who have cared for me as an individual. It meant, it means, and it meant so much to me. Thank you so much. Uh, we have lots and lots of changes for 2016. Uh, if you go to the website, uh, which is methylationsupport.com or drjessarmine.com, there is a new way of scheduling yourself. You can actually schedule yourself, and you can do it with your own time time zone. Put your time zone in. You know, pick out what kind of appointment you want. The uh, calendar will open up you can pick your own uh appointment and no more mess no more messing up with the time zones and somebody from australia calling me what i think is a day early but it's there the right time for them and i'm riding in a car saying what do i do now okay so um we've got a new um a new scheduling system we have a new clinical assistant Kristen Kodiani who is an FDN, a Functional Diagnostic Nutrition Specialist. Okay, she's also my clinical assistant and office manager. And um, you'll be talking to her, getting to meet her, because starting next week, she's going to give us a five-minute nutritional advice on each of our uh, podcasts. So you're going to get to meet Kristen. Um, I am uh, going to be traveling a lot. (laughs) Okay, next month. I'm going to Britain. I'm going to UK to see people and to lecture. Uh, in April, I'm going to be at uh, ShotCon 2016 with Dr. Ben Lynch. Uh, you can go to to Google and put S-H-E-I-C-O-N uh, 2016. Uh, if you're a healthcare practitioner and you're interested, I think there's still time for the early bird discount. I'll be one of the speakers. And I'm um, going to be doing a lot of stuff this upcoming year. Okay, and things are really coming together, but mostly 
believe it or not, and I mean this from my heart, the reason that healthcare is changing in the world is not because of me. It's because of you. You have demanded it. You've listened for the, for the whole couple of years and said, I don't have to put up with this. There is something better. And when I chose the enterprise theme as my theme song, I keep telling you it's because of the faith of the heart and faith to believe and the strength of the soul. And believe me when I tell you that people with chronic illness, and I repeat this all the time, only because it's true that you guys are the strongest people that I know. And I've tried my very best, so has Sean, so has everybody associated with us, to give you good information, good, solid, honest information. We never promise to be right all the time. We promise to do this for the right reasons. So in line with that, I have an incredible, an absolutely impressive guest tonight. Uh, this is Dr. Nisha Winters. I pronounced it right, Nisha Winters. Woo! <laughs> uh, who is a licensed acupuncturist, doctor of naturopathy. Uh, I'm not sure what F-A-B-N-O is, but I'm sure she'll tell us. Okay. Um, she is a graduate of, um, she's a, a, trained in acupuncture and or, oriental medicine. Uh, and she's graduated from the International Institute of Chinese Medicine. She's got a doctorate in naturopathic medicine from Southwest College. And she is life board certified and licensed in both acupuncture and naturopathy. Um, Dr. Nesha is a naturopathic oncologist. And the first time I met her was at Dr. Ben's conference this past one. And I met her and Steve, right? And, um, and uh, you know, she tells me, hey, uh, you're Dr. Jess, aren't you? I'm like, I'm like, yes. <laughs> you never know what happens when somebody says that to you. I'm like, Steve shakes my hand and says, you know, I fall asleep listening to your podcast. I'm like, that's nice. <laughs> okay. I'm like, how does one take that when a guy says that to you? I'm like, hmm. <laughs> Fortunately, he was holding hands with a woman, so I was happy about it. And I'm not homophobic in the least. I just didn't know how to take it. You know? I mean, seriously. Okay. But nevertheless, uh, it turns out that um, Dr. Nasha approaches uncomfortable point of view, very similar to the way I approach things from a bioterrain or optimal terrain or a foundational point of view. And I got to tell you, that's the stone that's been left unturned, hasn't it? Even in Lyme and chronic illnesses, is treating the body. Everybody looks at the SNPs and everybody's like, all right, let's go after the genes. Let's, oh, my pollution. <laughs> No, and we always forget that, hey, all this stuff happens in the cell, and if the cell doesn't work, nothing works. Very similar to if mom's not happy, nobody's happy. Okay? <laughs> so I um, I was going to interview both Dr. Nation and Steve tonight, but I, I tell you, the stuff that they do is phenomenal, and I'm splitting it into three podcasts because that is the amount of information you guys need. So I'm going to ask Dr. Nation to go ahead and, um, you know, talk about whatever she would like to speak about tonight, because frankly, her background is impressive, impressive. And I'm going to oh. let her uh, tell you a little bit about her background and uh, tell you what it is she does now and how she approaches uh, nutrigenomics and natu naturopathic oncology and how it came about. And I think this is going to be a very, very, very interesting Podcast. And again, if you guys have questions, I'm looking at the chat room presently. So if you hear me banging on the, the thing, it's because I'm answering <laughs> questions. If you guys want to call in, 
uh, and ask a question at 646-595-2277. That's 646-595-2277. Okay, and um, please, Dr. Nesha, I thank you so much. Like You have no idea how proud I am to have you on the show. Um, oh, thank you. You're most welcome. Please tell us a little bit about your background and what kind of got you here. Oh, gosh. We only have an hour, hour and a half. My God. Okay. So, well, you know, oh, give, us the, like, give us the abridged Reader's Digest version because like, you can expand on it later, okay? I will. I will. I laugh. Well, a few of my patients, I think, are listening in tonight, so they, they're probably all laughing at the idea of me doing anything short-winded. So. Yeah, I, I know. And I have again, the same problem. You know, exactly, <laughs> I have the same. Exactly. Like, I, you know, my kids are very simple. Very simple. When they talk to their friends, like, don't ask my dad a question. Why? Don't ask him a question. <laughs> I'm telling you. Why not? Because he's going to either start at the cell wall or the Big Bang. You got your choice. And then if the oh kid asks God. me a question, like, we're going to go out to the sandwich store. He's going to need something to eat. He's going to be here all day. <laughs> you know. I love it. I love it. Well, that sounds very familiar to how my husband and I roll. So, again, um, <laughs> Jess, it's such an honor to be on your show. Like I said, we've been sort of stalking you for a while. We have a tendency to do that with people that we really respect and that we learn a lot from. So you have definitely entered into that category in our lives over the last few years. So thank you as well for what you do. It's incredible. Um, and so I, I do have to say when Jess told me that just today he took a peek at, at the site and saw that there were already over 5,000 hits, I, I did almost throw up in my mouth a little bit. I get very nervous in public speaking. So Whew, thankfully, we talked for a few moments before we started, so my little cells are revving up a little bit. But I guess we'll start there. In there, you go. I got interested. I got interested in this, like most of us have gotten interested in the field of healthcare in general, whether it's from an epigenetic, an oncology, a chronic illness place, and that I had my own journey. Right. And I, I don't think mm-hmm. many of us would be on this podcast, including you, Jess, if, if you hadn't had your own challenges um, mm-hmm. in healthcare. And so um, mine actually took the flavor of cancer at a very, very young age. I won't go into the story or the details of it, but I will say this in that um, I've always been a bit of a science geek. I've always been very inquisitive. And in my diagnosis and the subsequent uh, initial approach that I took, there was really no hope. It was a very poor prognosis, uh, a very um, terminal diagnosis, in fact. And so when you're met with that, as many people are, it it pushes you to do a, a couple of things. You know, for some people, they might collapse on themselves and go in. Unfortunately, that was not in my epigenetic pool. I and mean, I can just throw that out there. A few of my, my homozygous MAO comes out as a warrior, not a worrier. So um, that helps. I like me, that uh, in somebody. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. It can be a good thing. Absolutely. I'm using it for uh, the higher good, right? Um, but with <laughs> that. <true. laughs> so with that, it just prompted me to go into where I was a total pre med. You know, going to go to conventional medical school, it pushed me into changing my degree from biology and chemistry to biology and psychology. And in fact, this is in the early 90s, okay? And the self sort of created course or a degree that I created was only newly coined at this time. Now it's almost a household name. And that was psychoneuroimmunology. 
So that's basically yes. what I thought. It's, yeah. <laughs> so I was, you know, 19 yes. years old, death <laughs> sentence hanging on me, and I started grooving out on um, that concept, which I believe is why I'm still here going into my 25th year um, with a stage four diagnosis. So the other funny thing, I'll step forward quite a ways of just my process. That's not important right now. What's important is it prompted me to go to naturopathic medical school and Chinese medical school versus conventional. I also started studying with an, uh, some really famous leaders in Ayurvedic medicine. They're still my mentors today. Uh, my husband put me on a moratorium um, so that I couldn't go off and get a BAMS degree in India for five years after I finished my other two doctorates. So I could keep going. I love to learn. That's also what heals my cells and makes me move forward. And then I love to share what I learned, which is why it's handy that we're all doing this together. Um, but ultimately, when I went into medical school, I made the choice that I would never treat cancer. Now, right there, I probably doomed myself for the rest of my life, right? And that sometimes when we push, push something so far away, we will actually draw it nearer. And that is precisely what happened with me. So scooch ahead 13 years, you know, 12, 13 years into my clinical practice. And suddenly it's changing from a practice built in general family to a real focus in endocrinology and autoimmunology, um, dealing with a lot of chronic illness. Suddenly my population started moving more and more and more to the other side of the pendulum to oncology. And in 2013, I closed my practice down to my quote-unquote general population of patients and started focusing exclusively on oncology and um, haven't basically turned back since. Um, since then, you know, it's just on fire because of the conversations like you, Jess, are, mm -hmm. are, are changing the way we are, just are approaching healthcare today. And, you know, for any of you who read my bio, you know, my whole focus is a whole person, vitalistic perspective. I do not treat cancer patients. I do not treat cancer. I treat people that have imbalances in their terrain that happen to provoke a cancering process. I see it as that. I see it as a verb. I do not see it as a noun. And my approach to it is to help people move that verb around a little bit, right, and, and move it in and out, which is what we've now also started talking about in the last decade in medicine, is that we can turn on and off our mitochondria and turn on and off our epigenetic expression. And now we know we can turn on and off our microbiome and how they all interrelate with each other. And that, that work I started doing in psychoneuroimmunology back in 1991 that everybody mm. thought was hooey, right, is now just kind of part of the conversation. Um, and it's so it's an incredible time. Medicine. Yeah. If I may, why, and, and only because you brought the point up, and I'd, I'd like to put a, mm -hmm. an underline, an exclamation by it, why is the wording so important? Mm. The word, wow. you, you change it from a noun, and, and I'll, I'll ask an answer because yeah. when you say to yourself, I have cancer, you have doomed yourself. You are yes. already accepting the inevitability of death. If we yeah. turn it around to what it really is, what it really is, which is yeah. exactly what you said, it, there is a probability, n n not a possibility, but a probability that it can be reversed. Right. 
Right. Once you say I have right. fourth stage cancer, you are saying I'm getting ready to die. If I have, you know, terrain problems that can be fixed, my body can heal itself. Okay, that is a concept that I think are is being hidden from people and we'll finally get I agree. Great. I agree. And and luckily, I mean, I've been at this for close to 25 years now and um, the changes in oncology and the conversation around the oncology patient has changed more in the last you know, three years than I've seen it change in the previous 22 years before that. So there is this momentum that is starting to pick up um, that is bringing together a lot of thought leaders in a lot of disciplines from all over the world um, you know, we're all kind of getting around the table and starting to talk about this in a very unique and new way, which we have to, frankly. I mean, mm-hmm. you hopefully you guys know the statistics. So everyone out there, this might be a bit shocking, but the main statistics, NIH statistics um, and NCI, National um, Cancer Institute, show that one in two men and one in three women will be diagnosed with cancer in their lifetime by 2030. Let's not just sink in for a moment that this is a very relevant conversation for us all today. You know, I I remember as a kid, you know, you didn't really know, you knew a few people, you know, with cancer. When my grandparents both died of cancer, this is before we realized our epigenetic uh, lineage, you know, 40 some years before. But when they did, it was weird. You didn't see that. And it was something that only old people dealt with, right? That was the mm-hmm. perspective, the was perspective it yeah. seemed. And I've watched in just, you know, 15 years of private practice, that change exponentially and the age range change exponentially. So this is definitely, you know, this fits in alignment exactly with what you're talking about in that, you know, we have to change the terrain to prevent this grim statistics that's hanging over our heads. I'm in agreement, but I think one of the questions that will pop into everyone's head right now, and I know we yeah. mentioned it, but let's mention it again. Okay, when the cancer is found, okay, mm-hmm. and you still say, okay, that's the result of bad terrain, is it reversible? Excellent question. And and here's the funny thing, you guys. Every single one of us on the phone right now and all the people you love around you and on beyond that, we all have cancer, all of us. It's just a given. We have an average of 75 million cancer cells in our body at any given time. Mm -hmm. And if we nurture that terrain, if we nourish it for our biochemical individuality or in our moment to moment or season to season. And we think very thoughtfully about the quality of food we put into our bodies and the things we put on in and around our bodies on a daily basis, then we support our immune system from keeping those puppies in check. Okay. So to think when someone says, Oh my God, I'm just like doomed that this is where it's going to go. Some people can go down that rabbit hole. Whereas others may say, oh, my gosh, what can I do to prevent this? It is absolutely possible and probable that you can reverse that trajectory well before it starts. 
and even reverse it even in the most dire, aggressive, in-stage situations. I, I wouldn't share that with you if I hadn't had multiple experiences of such that have proven to me that, you know, it, it ain't over till the fat lady sings kind of process and that we have mm-hmm. incredible capacity to heal, um, incredible resilience. And those little mitochondria take, you know, they, they listen very carefully to what we feed them, to what we share with them, whether that's food, whether that's thought, whether that's the people you interact with, whether that's toxins from the environment, um, you know, whatever it is, we have an ability to make it a, a shift in, in our mitochondrial health and vitality and number and functionality um, with just day-to-day activities and lifestyle components, which I think is what's so exciting and empowering. As scary as the conversation of cancer is, I wouldn't be having it with you if I didn't have hope and I didn't have expectation and I didn't have personal experience to show that we can turn this uh, boat around in the harbor. So um, that's a biggie. That's a biggie. And, you know, one of the things that you asked, you know, you said, Jess, right in the beginning was, what the heck is a FABNO? You know, the, the letters after my name. Right, right. That, that stands for Fellow of the American Board of Naturopathic Oncology. And so in the, what that means is that there's less than 100 of us in North America who had, had basically had to apply and show that a particular percentage, the majority of our practice was very um, rooted in oncology. We had to present uh, a number of cases that were followed for periods of time and show that we actually knew what we were doing. We had to show that we have good skills of understanding conventional oncology as well as the vitalistic philosophies and methodologies around that. And we had to have letters of recommendation and reference from people from within our field of naturopathic medicine, but also from the field of conventional oncology to even apply to sit for these boards. That flaming hoop was, took months to put together. I'll tell you, it was, uh, it was excruciating. And then also showing that you had over 2,500 you know, hours of, of direct cancer patient care to even apply. So it, it's a pretty, you know, you, you got to really be into this um, to even want to sit for these boards. And then the boards are very tedious in that we basically have a conventional oncology textbook as well as uh, several thousand pages of research articles we have to be able to sit down in front of an exam and pass. Um, and so going through that, basically what they're trying to show is we are fluent in several languages in the field of oncology. And doing the work that I do, I have to be able to communicate with a radiologist as comfortably as I do with an acupuncturist, as comfortably mm-hmm. as I do with a nutritionist or an epigenetic specialist or a researcher. Um, luckily for me, I, I dig that. And um, that's, that's an easy process for me. Um, but it's, it's important for you guys to hear that, that this isn't a either or. I'm not even trying to say that conventional medicine, you know, that you have to throw that out with the bathwater. This is where we're going today. And that I think it's frankly inexcusable from what we now know if you're not including an integrative approach to your oncology care um, because there's so much more that can be done to help the person if they are going full bore conventional approach to help them tolerate their treatments better, target their treatments better, protect their healthy cells much better, allow them to get through the treatments without skipping sessions, 
as best as mm-hmm. you possibly can. And then also while we're doing that, we're digging into the why. And for those of you who've worked with me and those of you who potentially will in the future, my why is a ton of questions, a huge history, a ton of laboratory assessment. I am digging into your terrain. We're going excavating when we start to work together. And we start to understand why so we can make a plan to move forward because we're not all the same. In fact, the majority of my practice is, frankly, stage three and four ovarian cancer patients from all over the world. That's probably 70% of my practice. And wow. yet none of it, I know, all right, right? And so... Um, no, I'm impressed. I'm quite impressed. So, yes. Oh, well, I don't know. I don't know if it's impressed. I think it's, I think it's sad that we have this very, um, quote-unquote, small group in comparison to other cancers. We have this group of women that, you know, they, there's about twenty-four to 25,000 diagnosed a year and about seventeen to 18,000 die a year. But because mm-hmm. they're such a small group, they don't get a lot of the attention and the research. Right. Luckily, this group of women are scrappy, right? They are resourceful, uh-huh. and they're like, uh-uh, we're not taking that. And they reach out. So this is how my practice, you know, a lot of it got focused into oncology. A few women just basically said there's got to be something else. And from that, they are incredibly empowered and moved into their own warrior place. Um, but in this, they, you know, the, the, what they'll tell you, my patients will tell you, as well as the doctors I consult with and educate and the research I, researchers I work with, it has to come from a place of education and understanding of where mm-hmm. they came from and the roadmap of how they're going to get to where they're going. You know, and, and folks like Dr. Block, who's probably the most famous integrative oncologist, he's sort of considered the father of integrative oncology out of the Block Center in Chicago, wrote the book, Life Over Cancer. He, he started to change that conversation of blending the best of both worlds. But I love his analogy that talks about conventional cancer care today is like climbing Mount Everest. You've got all this support. You've got your Sherpas. Everyone's helping you up. You've got oxygen. That's conventional cancer treatment. That's your surgeries and your chemo and your radiation. But at the end of that they leave you at the top of the, you know, the summit of Mount Everest. They're like, okay, you're good. We'll see you later. And they, like, take all the Sherpas and all the supplies and the oxygen mask, and they all take off, and you're left by yourself to figure out how to get down the other side. And, and that, and frankly, is where we see the most trauma and death and downhill slide of cancer patients is after that phase, after that aggressive debulking phase is over. Now they're they're flopping around. They have no idea how to be in the world. And when American Cancer Society statistics tell us that every single cancer patient that's ever been diagnosed with cancer, um, you know, across the board, any type, any stage, any age, they have a 70% recurrence rate. So we're doing something wrong, right? That 70% of the people who summited Mount Mount Everest Will potentially be right back up that mountain again. So we have to support that side of this process as well and help them figure out why they got there to begin with and prevent them from going back on that route again. I'm I'm intrigued. I, I know I uh, for using utilizing different words. Um, I know exactly where you're coming from, and I'm, I'm quite impressed. I um, I understand the the uh, traditional the traditional allopathic 
support mm-hmm. system, you know, fighting the cancer uh, until you get to the top of Mount Everest, and then all of a sudden the support is is, is pulled away. Yeah. Um, there is a couple of things that you mentioned that I want to I, I, I want to nip in the bud anybody who's thinking that this is um, woo woo. Okay, and when I mean by <laughs> woo woo people, oh that's okay. I got I I wouldn't say it if I didn't have ammunition. Okay, um, the woo woo part. I, I think everybody would accept the fact that a cell that we have cancer cells that our immune mm-hmm. system looks for non-self and kills those cancer cells. So if our immune system worked well, okay, we wouldn't have to worry about cancer because it would stop it at its inception. But since it's taken root and once the cancer cells start taking root and they start replicating and they start producing a whole lot of acid and they start supporting their own uh, their own terrain, their own uh, bioterrain, uh, and, and things can just take over. But some of the things that uh, we all accept is the fact that toxins and microbes or any kind of uh, that type of um, damage to the cells can certainly feed into um, this kind of, this kind of scenario. But you had mentioned, and everybody's going to say, Oh, this is woo woo is our, is our, I don't speak English anyway. uh, The whole spiritual psychological effect on the metabol and on the metabolism. And, that often is relegated to, eh, what's the big deal, or yeah. that doesn't right. matter, or they give it a short shrift. And for those mm. people who have been um, poor scientifically oriented or who need this particular paper, um, there was a paper put out by Robert ne- Neville, Neville? I can never pronounce yeah. his name, yeah. at the Mitochondrial and Metabolic Disease Center, Department of Medicine and Pediatrics and Pathology, University of California, San Diego School of Medicine, called The Metabolic Features of the Cell Danger Responses about Mitochondria. Yeah. And yeah. within that paper, which I'm still pulling apart and trying to make understandable for the common person, because you know and I know that when you teach people, teach at a sixth grade level, but when you teach doctors, you teach at a fourth yeah. grade level. It's very simple. Okay. <laughs> oh it's like, I, I, you I, must I, simplify I, it. Okay. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Come on. Let's face I it. Cause I have to, I not know. only do I have to throw the science at them, I have to make it understandable while they're chewing on it. And then I've got to give them pictures to work with or crayons or something like that so <laughs> that they really can follow it along. So anyway, if you look at this paper and look at what can affect the cell, which uh, Dr. Nevro says is the cell danger response, the, there is equal parts toxin, equal parts microbe, and equal parts psychology that will affect the met- metabolism of the cell, especially the mitochondria. And of course, yeah. he puts it into pyrogenic signaling and, and you know, oxidative shielding and oxidative stress and all these great words and they you know it talks about reactive oxygen species which i always tell people the yeah. ROS is and then RUS which are rodents of unusual size but you have to <laughs> differentiate them you know depending on who you're talking about but if you put this together it is what i'm trying to point out and sorry for interrupting is that now in 2016 the relationship of spirituality psychology mental and as important as microbial attack and toxic attack has been proven on a scientific evidence-based basis and is published in scientific peer-reviewed journals. And I 
I dare anybody <laughs> to try and say now that it's woo-woo. It has just an equal amount, an equal effect on the function of the cell, which let's face it, people, everything happens in the cell. You want to fix a body? Fix the cell. Okay, and anybody needs that paper, just let me know. I'll send it over to you. Okay, um, and good luck reading it. But uh, <laughs> you can get exactly. my podcast we'll get translate it. <laughs> well, I have I have one on the cell danger response. That I did the abstract, and now I'm working on the more uh, complex areas of it. But uh, this is something that you know you're doing innately, and I can just see some of our allopathic colleagues going. I went to psychology, you know, spiritual, get out of here. That has nothing to do with it. And you want to sit there and you want to take their head and just say, by the way, whoop, 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 whoop. But my head hurts. You just bang my head into the the table. I'm like, that has nothing to do with your headache. It's all in your head. I love it. I love it. Oh, my goodness. There is is actual scientific evidence now, everybody, that spirituality and psychology, PTSD, and all the different things that we have been putting off to the side as being nonsensical or unimportant has just as much contribution as toxins, microbes, and so forth. And I will shut up now and let Dr. Nisha talk. No, that was the perfect piece here because I was just having a conversation with a colleague this morning that there are a lot of amazing clinics and hospitals and researchers out there that are fantastic technicians of treating cancer or treating mm-hmm. chronic illness with their with all their little bells and whistles and all their machines that go ding, you know, like just that. Tell me about it. Yeah, there's a ton of things, but what there isn't is this conversation, and this is something that I've really prided myself in and the work I've done over these years for my own recovery, as well as a huge component of the retreat that I facilitate, as well as the educational pieces that I offer up you know, doctors and patients, you know, literally now worldwide, that this, if anything, you know, I, tell, I basically say if you don't have your thoughts together and your food together, you will not get well with cancer. It's, it's, it's really that critical, um, especially with very aggressive processes. So you have to really create that foundation of a, an incredibly clean, nutritional, nutrient-dense, low-glycemic, hormonal-stabilizing, anti-inflammatory, immune-regulating, you know, diet that is every bite is your chemotherapy, you know, um, as well as make sure your thoughts are just as sort of purified, if you will, and and you're working mm-hmm. on that part of your of your being as well, whether you're taking chemotherapy or high-dose IV vitamin C, right? It it doesn't matter which technique you use. What matters is the foundation of which they're being, um, you know, those, those therapies are being put into the body. If you are giving a car bad gas, it won't drive, right? So it doesn't matter how slick the car is, right? It doesn't matter how high-end, detailed, if you give it bad gas, it won't move. This is exactly with our bodies and our body choices. So we get very attached to the idea that we can do something outside of ourselves to fix it, you know, with a pill or a potion or an IV or the latest targeted therapy or the latest trial. When we put our faith in that, that's where we get in trouble. 
Mm-hmm. We put our faith back into ourselves and our own empowerment, education, awareness, and ability to take charge and make an impact to change our terrain. That's where you see healing. And, you know, perhaps that's a, in my, in my practice, a lot of people talk about terrain. I mean, Jeff, you do, right? So mm-hmm. when sure. I'm well, talking I about terrain, I, I, yeah, yeah. And I, I focus on sort of 10 areas that are very specific to oncology patterns, but really cancer doesn't have to be in the center of this discussion. It could be diabetes, it could be Mm -hmm. any chronic illness that we're talking about today. And and we're talking, uh, let's put Lyme in there. Let's put co-infections. Let's put the the parasites in there that are one of the bigger problems that we're facing these days. You know, let's Let's talk about the the fungal infections and so all these different things. Yeah. Yeah. All treated the same way. This is what we've been trying to get across for years, people. This is how it's treated. And what's required is a, is a yes. practitioner like Dr. Nasha who's willing to put it all together, who's willing to do a good history, who's willing to find out the root causes, the downstream effects, or however, whatever words mm-hmm. we're looking to use is the same thing, treating the whole body. So when we talk about a holistic yeah. practitioner, we are not talking about someone who's going to get out the crystals and swing a dead chicken over your head. Okay, we're talking <laughs> about somebody who's going to be the best of allopathic and alternative medicine has the training experience and is willing to do it. Right. Oh, yeah. And, and I think that um, I, I really appreciate you sort of highlighting because that's so important for me to realize that this conversation is for everybody, um, and especially the statistics I shared in the very beginning of our conversation. This really needs to become a conversation with everybody. Um, I don't want job security of the half of men and two-thirds of women with cancer in, um, you know, two, by 2030. That's not what I want. I want to prevent that from happening. That mm-hmm. is my mission. And so the areas that I typically focus on, and I'll just spew off these 10. We call them Please. our terrain 10. Okay. So, you know, it's it's blood sugar. Thank you. Good deal. So, you know, number one, it's like blood sugar and metabolic theory. And, you know, like those kind of go in the same category for me. This is where medicine is really active right now. I mean, I still can't believe there are doctors out there telling my patients that sugar has no impact on cancer. You need to find Mm -hmm. a new doctor if your doctor believes that. Um, In fact, I'm attending, thanks to my, 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 clients, my patients being savvy enough, they turned me on to this conference with all the big players in metabolic theory of cancer that are meeting up in Tampa the end of the month um, for a big metabolic ketogenic conference. And it's all the biggest names in, in the biz, if you will, um, which I'm very excited about. And this past you know, two weeks, MD Anderson put out some studies about this. There's been a few others on breast cancer and sugar. And I mean, I've had these conversations for 25 years. And it's just now entering into mainstream. Um, it drives me crazy that we're still actually fighting over this. Um, but Tell me the, about the it. next one, we yeah, the, the next one we focus Tell on. Tell me that it's it's, it's ludicrous yeah. because it's so obvious now that the Gosh. people who are fighting it are like. And I keep telling I keep telling my patients and clients, like especially yeah. in the United States, you know, don't think the biggest and the best is the biggest and the best because you can't swing a Thank dead cat you. over a doctor. Okay, you got to go with who's oh it's serious. I mean, you know, in, in other countries, they have more difficulties when they when there's like National Health Service and they are limited. Okay, on who they can see. But, you know, here we, we have the blessing of being able to go to the doctor of our choice. 
you know, and um, the fact is that no one has the, the, you know, the corner on anything. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're practicing a protocol that sounds just like a protocol. They're probably right. wrong. Right. Get it. Get run. Run for the hills. And 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 that's just it's huge. And and you know so much. I mean, why I bring blood sugar up as an example is because it's such a hot topic. But it's also precisely. I mean, that's the fuel source. You know, or the the proper fuel source when it's in balance, and the improper fuel source when it's out of balance for our mitochondrial function. So. It's no matter what your chronic illness is, you know, sugar imbalances, metabolic imbalances are going to be a deal breaker of you getting well um, until you get the sugar balances in control. Um, you know, so that's a biggie. And then we talk about toxic load, and you threw out a few of those a moment ago, Jess, and I'll throw in a few more. It's like since, since the early 1900s, we've introduced, you know, from five pounds of sugar per person a year to 175 pounds of sugar mm-hmm. per person per year. And when I say sugar, people think of the little the little container on their kitchen table, but that's that's your fruit, your grains, your your sugars, your um, starches. You know, it's it's all it's a collective we don't think of our our good old healthy american breakfast of granola with low-fat yogurt orange juice and fruit as unhealthy in fact we think the opposite but well, i'll tell you as a naturopathic oncologist that's a sugar bomb and it's a cancer bomb it's a cancer fuel source right so mm-hmm. these are the things that is a toxic load sugar does fall into that we also have introduced hormones pesticides glyphosate gmo um, my God, plastic. I mean, the list goes on and on. Over 200,000 new chemicals introduced to the market since the 60s, right? With less than mm-hmm. 200 of them well studied. Um, and now, finally, the environmental working group. Yeah, yeah. I'll share with everybody that, and if this isn't obvious to everyone, that people are getting sicker early, earlier. Yes. Children totally. are getting sick almost right out of the chute. And I don't they mean are. that to be they facetious are. in the least. Uh, even in the addiction community, uh, alcoholics are beginning at 9 and 10 and 11 years old. Yep, yep. Okay, and the yep. reason for that is that their their system is so has such great excitation that when yeah. they drink alcohol and raise GABA, all of a sudden they're like, oh, I feel good. Uh, you know? And that's yeah. pretty sad when you're 10 years old and, you know, you've lived your life, you know, on the edge of – you know, anxiety and and, uh, and excitation. Well, this is all because the people are getting ill earlier, exactly. much earlier. Exactly. And all the. I mean, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, you, you know, you can't. I mean, that Michael Pollan's quote: "You can't live healthy on an unhealthy planet." We have to take that to heart. You know, we really have to do our best. You clean up yourself first. Then you clean up your environment around you, your home, and then you work on your community, and then you work on your, you know, it has to start within yourself first. And so that's huge, you know, in working with patients. I have this very extensive questionnaire, and we really get a sense of what they're putting on in and near their body on a daily basis. And people are horrified when they start to realize, you know, how much toxicity or how poorly they're actually eating when they thought they were doing well. Those are two biggies. We talked about immune function already. Inflammation, hopefully, is a no-brainer in all of this. In fact, uh, a lot of researchers would say that that's the driver of of cancer, and we definitely know it's the driver Mm. of metastasis with cancer, Mm. and especially sugar and inflammation. They're like, you know, like um, 
arm in arm, like Laverne and Shirley, you know, skipping down the street <laughs> together. <laughs> it's Sorry, true. I it's true, think. though. No, it no, is. it's okay. It's good. It it's good. <laughs> Visualizations <laughs> and humorous the way people understand. Trust me. Uh, just my brain. It's sad. But then you even talked about already. Then the other one we focus on is stress and biorhythm. So you talked about people growing up in sort of toxic emotional environments. We've talked about that. But also the biorhythms of, of all of us today where, you know, I'm sitting in front of a screen at, in the evening when I should be looking at a candlelight or a lantern and, or moonlight only, you know, resetting my pineal gland. And then we look at hormone balance. I mean, my God, we live in like a giant estrogen soup of exogenous right. xenoestrogens. I cannot, I also, frankly, and I will freak out a lot of doctors and a lot of people here, I am not a proponent on any level of hormone therapy, even bioidentical, because we're so, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you really know somebody's epigenetics and you know their liver function and they know they're processing gorgeously, it's just a time bomb waiting to happen for them to be one of my patients in the not-so-distant future. Please don't be that person. Please don't be a statistic. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's like, gosh, these folks who are having symptoms that warrant them to get on hormones, it's because their terrain is a mess, right? It's not because they're deficient in estrogen. You, no one on this planet is deficient of estrogen anymore. It's coming at us no, from every direction. it's coming out of their ears. Okay, exactly. and it's coming out the wrong way, right? Estrogen dominance exactly. is like almost a given. Oh, uh, gosh, speaking so of that's some yeah. We've been dancing around it a little bit, uh, and yeah. and since we are, uh, you know, a uh, epigenetic site, where do yeah. the where does epigenetics and nutrigenomics or where do the genes and SNPs and where do they all fit in here? I heart you because that's exactly. So I'm kind of throwing these things. So hormones, blood sugar, uh, you know, all those things we've talked about, blood circulation and the angiogenesis, which is new blood vascular to t- tumors, the mental emotional well being. Those are these eight factors that then impact and are impacted by our epigenetic and um, expression and our microbiome. So they are completely connected. And so we'll often find, you know, hormone balance may be very much related to somebody having a calm tea snip. Um, environmental, like the toxicity, maybe that these folks have no glutathione, you know, GST1 or CYP1B1 issues. Um, immune function, it could be they've got VDR issues. I mean, my God, the list goes on and on. So we do an overlay with their labs and their history and their diet diary and their stress diary and their, you know, exposures of, of possible childhood illnesses and infectious agents and their travel. I mean, it's, you, I literally know everything about a person, right? We overlay that with their SNPs. Sometimes we get lucky enough to get some new biome data and suddenly this unbelievable picture emerges that gives us the exact roadmap of at least where we begin, right? Because the mm-hmm. older you are, the more layers, the more layers you have. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, like Jess was telling me before the show, this 19-year-old kid who's got a, quite a pile of problems, at least he's a 19-year-old kid, right? You still have some good mitochondria right. to work with in him, but they come at us when they're 59 years old, it's going to take longer. It's going to be a little more of a of a plotting through the layers to get to the core of, of healing. So epigenetics and microbiome completely come in and out of every one of these things I've listed. And, and all of these things as a collective impact the function of our mitochondria, period. 
comes right down to those tiny little powerhouse organelles um, and how we treat them, basically. You treat them well, they'll treat you well. If you don't, I love it. you get what I you love get. It. <laughs> People uh, um, sitting on the chat room, please feel free to ask Dr. Nasha questions. Yes. If you want to call in, the number is 646-595-2277, 646-595-2277. You now know why I'm going to extend this. Okay, to oh, a few different uh, to a few different podcasts because uh, you just got hit with a whole mess of information <laughs> that is yeah. it's not a mess. It actually is stuff you've been hearing since day one. Yeah. But some of you have been with us for a long time. Some of you haven't. Some of you, uh, you know, still think of the uh, polymorphisms or the SNPs as being, you know, deities or devils. And you have to, you know, we've been trying to tell you that they have to be put into context, you know, and you don't treat the SNPs, you treat the person. Uh, and uh, this is all what Dr. Nash is talking about. Uh, the mitochondria being uh, a complex organelle, to, to be the, um, to be perfectly honest, but uh, fixing it, getting it to work is the basis of how you get well. And uh, that's all based on, uh, the investigations that are performed and then developing an individualized treatment plan. So I see some people here on the Great. on the call. So I'm going to see if they want to ask a question. Hold on. Please. Nice person in the 805 area code. Are you there? Hello? <laughs> 805 area code? Okay. Sometimes people call in just to listen. Okay, let's see. Got it. Uh, nice person in the 650 area code. Are you there? Either that or they're very shy. One of the two. Or actually, they're all like deer in headlights right now because that's what I usually find happens when I first start talking. <laughs> oh, it's good stuff, though. It's good stuff because as you process it. So anybody out there in the um, in the chat room, I know you've got questions, okay? And those questions can be of any sort, but um, also remember that you cannot be you, – you, you can ask about stuff, but Dr. Nation cannot treat you on uh, on this particular venue. Right. So uh, please keep your questions generalized. Um, you've developed, uh, Dr. Nation, some uh, some programs mm -hmm. um, yeah. that focus focus on treating the entire person. Um, and I'd like you, if you could, to let the listeners know uh, just what kind of programs are available. You know, we all know that we can go to certain places and have different protocols done to treat our cancers, but uh, right. you've gone beyond that, and I'd like to hear. Yeah, about yeah. Well, I think. Part of what got me into, um, you know, like you said, creating these protocols was I started getting very tired of just repeating the same thing over and over again to, you know, an individual where I started getting excited about sharing it more collectively and us sort of experiencing it together because that's what I had to do in my own healing is just live it and embody it and continue to learn along the way. So in 2005, my husband and I led a, a very intimate group of women down to, um, you know, on a, on a retreat to just sort of be immersed for a week in this type of conversation, good living practices, uh, really good quality food, teaching them how to cook and, you know, just sort of being together. And, and that was amazing. I mean, it changed our lives. It changed our patients' lives. We started doing more of them 
And by the time 2012 rolled around, I was invited to speak at a um, at, at an international ovarian cancer symposium. And what happened at that time is there were a couple hundred people who heard me speak, and it was also posted on their website, and it went out in other places. Within We, we had 900 calls um, within that first month or somewhere around there, something ridiculous, emails, calls, inquiries to be a new patient. It, that was impossible of the amount of time and energy and effort I put into each and every one of my clients. So that was where we kind of birthed these new client retreats where people would come for a four-day immersion of basically what I wanted to try and teach them to, to help them understand their labs, their terrain, where they came from, where they are, where they're going, and help them create some lifelong strategies, you know, to, to take with them. Now, in this immersion, we're doing amazing. You know, we're, we're impacting the entire terrain. We are definitely these folks who've been, you know, if anybody's listening who's been on my retreats, um, they are life-changing on every level of your being. But there's so much love and camaraderie and connection and support that comes out of it just organically, as well as the fact that you're hearing from some of the brightest minds sharing. So, you know, my husband and my sister-in-law, Janet, who teaches a lot of Renee Brown vulnerability work and yoga. And, well, have no, um, have no fear. When I, when, I get, when I get your husband on here, I'm going I'm to grill, grill him like a fish. Dude, uh, he'll love it. He wants to be I know. He's into it. I can tell. You just got to put some good spices on it, and then it'll be even better. Uh, and that's where he goes. No thing. No thing. Yeah. There's a really good question, just, really yeah. good question here yeah. that I had before, and, and, and one of our one of our listeners uh, put it out. Listen, um, you talked a little bit before about ketogenic diets, and I've been hearing a lot yeah. about ketogenic diets mm-hmm. and how beneficial they are. Um, and I, I know it's not just about which are good and bad fats. Can you uh, right. expound a little bit about uh, the ketogenic diet or ketogenic-assisted diet or why that is beneficial? I've been hearing a lot about it. I, I have a kind of an idea. I listened to Alessandro at, at Dr. Great. Ben's conference. But, yeah, I, you know, I, this is – yeah, I would really like if you could um, give us a good uh, feeling for why ketogenics sure. is a good idea. I'm going to be incredibly simplistic here, okay? Please, please. When, Best way to be. When cancer, good. So when cancer gets really aggressive and starts to move about the building and starts to ignore your immune system and all the things you're throwing at it, it's now basically fueled by the fire of, of sugar metabolism. You have to break that metabolic habit. You have to break that pattern in order to get ahead of it, slow it down, and push it back. And the best, simplest, cheapest way we know how versus taking, you know, a billion-dollar targeted therapy or whatnot that are still, you know, in the mix of, you know, trials and whatnot is the ketogenic diet, which is a a high fat, somewhere between 70 and 80 to even 85 percent, depending on the person, the patient, the situation. Um, fat with uh, very low carbohydrate intake, but that's all through vegetables, okay? Um, mm-hmm. You can still get your nine cups of veggies a day, and we'll talk about that here in a moment, and a very even restricted protein intake. And some people might find that, you know, a lot of people think ketogenic, they think Atkins, which was high protein, mm-hmm. high fat. That is not ketogenic, and in fact can be harmful to the kidneys. Ketogenic is not the same as ketoacidosis, which is a, a, a condition of the kidneys that is not related to this and, in fact, 
I've never seen in all my years, my clients, my colleagues who use this therapy in their practice, that being a side effect of the ketogenic diet. Um, I've even used it in type 1 diabetics where that's a, a particular possibility and that hasn't happened, but please don't go try this without medical guidance. Um, first, if you especially have an acute or chronic illness that you're dealing with, don't just run out and throw yourself on it. Work with somebody. But basically what we're doing with the ketogenic diet is, is using high-quality, lots of fat to start to burn ketones as the primary fuel source for the entire body, especially the brain and the organs, and that basically starves the cancer cells and stops them in their tracks. It's not for everybody. It's not for every cancer type but it is incredibly effective in high glucose burning, which, of course, I don't just guess on these things. I do thorough testing. I know exactly if someone's burning, you know, glucose as their primary source for their cancer cell. Um, and so we can assess if this is an appropriate approach for you and basically starve those puppies therapeutically with this particular diet and use it, you know, almost like a chemotherapy, you know, especially when we add in other immunomodulating treatments or um, in some situations, combine it with chemo or radiation or combine it with hyperbaric oxygen or hyperthermia or mistletoe extracts. There's a, a million ways to apply this. And it's utilized in many other chronic illnesses, not just cancer. And this conference, I mean, Metabolic Therapeutics Conference, that's what's coming up here in Tampa, the 28th through the 30th. If you just Google that, that will show you. If you just look at the, at the agenda and the speakers, these are big players, people like Thomas Seafred, who wrote the book Cancer as a Metabolic Disease. He's turned the world of oncology on its, on its ear. They, are, they tried to slay this poor man, um, and now everyone's getting behind him and acting like, you know, they invented all the things that he said. So he's brought we great will not speak of that. I've got stories. <laughs> you know, right? I mean, this happens all the time. So I'm used to that as well. But that's the place where you can use a diet therapeutically, which is totally um, my approach with my patients. It's the foundation of the whole treatment I do with every single oncology patient who comes to me. If, if somebody comes to me and says, I'm not going to change my diet, then I say, I'm not the doctor for you. It's just mm. that simple. I'm not mean. You know, it's just, it's, yeah, just there's, the there's, it's reality. You know, there's, it is. you know, if, if that's, if that's not, if they're not looking to make changes, then move along, move along. Right. You know, exactly. because I, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. Thank you. And, and I get that a lot, you know, over the years. Um, and the sad part is those would be the folks who leave and then they come back later when they're really in trouble wanting me mm. to help or fix. And, of course, at that point, that's where you're like, well, we'll do what we can. Um, but these types of metabolic shifts are pr pronounced, and especially um, in brain cancer, which especially glioblastoma, that's a that's frankly a death sentence in Western medicine. And um, mm -hmm. my personal nutritionist that I work with, Jess Kelly, um, her father was diagnosed last year with this, and the man is doing remarkable. I mean, he's outlived his expiration date so far along and he goes his doctors are at Harvard right and these doctors are saying what's working for you is not our therapies because we can't get to your tumors what's working for you is this is this diet um, and so I'm excited that he and Jess are both going to this conference as well because these all these folks want to meet him and interview him and be part of you know seeing this in, in real time 
is amazing. In fact, a group of my patients have organized meeting up with one of the thought leaders on ketogenic diets so she can understand how this group of savvy ovarian cancer survivors are doing this diet and implementing it in their lives. So my patients are teaching the clinicians and the researchers as much as we are teaching them. In fact, I think we get more out of what they bring to the table than what I bring to the table for no them. No question. You know? <laughs> if, if, so, I, if, yeah. I may, if I may, if I may. Certainly there are, you know, there you need to be individualized when you're treating um, a, a serious condition. But uh, for the person who is looking to be preventative, uh, are there, and they don't have an identified um, horrible chronic illness and are looking to make themselves yes. healthier, is there yeah. resources that they can go to to be more ketogenic and, um, you know, without getting into um, how the, you know, how the glucose burning creates a lot of acid? Yeah. And yada, yada. Okay. But yeah. is there some, you know, realizing right off the bat that, that let's face it, you know, they're, they're, you know, when you when you're in a bad strait, you need help. Okay, you can't do yeah, this on your own. Yeah. But Thank there's you. lots of people exactly. out there who want to be healthier. You're just saying, hey, yeah. you know, I, I hear what you're saying, um, you know, but is there something I can do on my own to, you know, help myself along? Absolutely, and and I I call it, you know, I just I I created my own sort of like optimal terrain food pyramid, which is no different than probably what you tell your patients or folks like. You know, Ben Lynch tells his, et cetera. Um, and, of course, if any of you have read Terry Wall's book, The Medical Doctor Who Reversed Her MS with the Wall's Protocol, that you know, she now calls mm-hmm. that, we're all kind of in a similar conversation. And so my pyramid at the foundation of it for folks who just want to eat well for their mitochondria, right, and for mm-hmm. their overall health, vitality, longevity, treatment, and prevention of all chronic illness, including cancer, you would do well if you started here. That concept that Terry Wall introduced to everybody um, of the nine cups of vegetables, okay, which three cups of leafy greens, three cups of cruciferous, three cups of uh, colorful veggies as the base camp. Notice that this is a plant-based diet, folks. This is where you get all of your micronutrients and your cofactors and your polyphenols and all the things that speak so beautifully to the symphony of your epigenetic and microbiome expression. Then move up the scale a little bit, and the next layer is fat, okay? Thank God the, the food sources out there are starting to change their tune as of the last couple of weeks. They're still far from perfect, but they're starting um, to stop demonizing fat so much. And so in that, of course, that looks like your coconut oil, your coconut mel- uh, milk and butter and grass-fed, quality organic. For the love of God, if you're eating animal protein, you have to make sure you know the source. It has to be clean, 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 or you are poisoning yourself. You are what you eat, but also what those animals eat. And that can affect you tremendously. So if you can't have access to clean animal protein, frankly, skip it. I mean, that's how I run with my clients when they're traveling and whatnot. Um, and then with that, that's your nuts, your seeds, your avocados, your olive oil, you know, all those goodies. Then you have your very clean, organic, lean protein. It's almost your condiment, right? It's, it's not supposed to take up the whole plate. It's supposed to be, you know, like your deck of cards or less. And if you're on a ketogenic diet, it might be even a little bit less than that if you're meeting, if you're having a hard time staying in ketosis. And then on the tip top is where you have uh, 
incredibly limited amount of potentially some stevia. If you have good metabolic issues, maybe some good or a local raw honey. We're talking teeny amounts here, maybe some low glycemic fruit, a half a serving or up to a serving a day of organic berries or low glycemic, you know, small apples. Um, and, and you'll just notice that's literally like the cherry on top. That is almost completely opposite. In my world, what you'll notice that isn't in there for the most part when folks that I'm working with come in is I've rarely, in fact, I can probably count on one hand how many cancer patients have come to me with normal glycemic status, right? So initially they are on a very low carbohydrate diet and lectin diet because we don't want to kick off inflammatory issues. And, okay, um, uh, just tell everyone, yeah. excuse me, lectins Sweet. are things like gluten, and don't forget that yeah. gluten, Ugh, non-gluten grains are also lectins. Lectins are very small. Yes. Gluten was named that because it's like glue, and it, it makes yeah. things stick. That's the way it was named. Okay, it's just, it's a kind of the size of the, so don't be fooled, people, by the fact that you have a non-gluten grain like quinoa or something like that. It can right. be just as bad as gluten, especially exactly. now with all the leaky guts going around. My apologies for interrupting. No, that was the perfect interruption because a lot of my folks will come to me and say, well, I'm on a gluten-free diet, and I'll look at it, and it's a major sugar bomb, extremely high starchy, carbohydrate-rich grains, um, but it's also super lectin-dense of lots of legumes, beans, grains. So until I know someone's microbiome status, leaky gut status, epigenetic status, inflammatory status, uh, uh, blood sugar status, we go simple. Um, you know, we just pull those out and, and just cool the engines right, while we're rebuilding. These foods in this pyramid are incredibly nutrient-dense. They're bringing in mm -hmm. all the things that are often missing. And, you know, most of the things missing in a cancer patient diet is going to be vitamin D, selenium, zinc, magnesium, B12, and K vitamin K2. Guess where those nutrients are also typically missing in? Your vegans and your vegetarians, right? This is coming mm -hmm. from a woman who, the first, you know, for the for 20 years of my life, I was a I was a vegetarian. For seven of those years, I was vegan. Um, that is what actually was my hardest road back to recovery. And it's funny because I was all out there raw, raw shish kumbah for the raw food vegan diets and treating cancer. And I sadly learned the hard way in myself as well as watching dozens of other patients just not succeed. Um, and now I understand so much more is we weren't giving them the micro macronutrients that were needed to heal their bodies. We were also giving them things that were really stimulating issues with their epigenetic and their microbiome problems or being nutrient deficient, you know, such as those BDR SNPs. You don't have any vitamin D or all your MTHFR SNPs and issues with B12 and, I mean, column T SNPs and issues with magnesium. You name it, it was like, holy God, now we have the science backing up what I started seeing clinically 20 mm -hmm. years ago, but now we can actually have a dialogue about the exact biochemical why of it. So it's, it's, it's groovy stuff. And so, yeah. So the diet It shows you how long you've been in practice. And, and forever. I've watched it all change, right? Just like you have. Right. Well, remember remember back in the 70s, macrobiotics was a big thing. And then we went from macrobiotics oh, to paleo, you know? Right. And a right. lot of it's based on leaky gut because, right. you know, right. they. I, I often ask my patients, 
what does your doctor do to treat your leaky gut? They said, oh, I'm on the GAPS diet. I said, no, no, no. Right. What are you doing to treat your leaky gut? I'm on the GAPS diet. No, 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 no. How are you treating the leaky gut? Because it's an immune problem. And the the fact is that big, big circle here, what you just said is that I need fats to build my cell walls because that's what these cells are made out of. I need the cofactors and coenzymes so my biochemical processes will work. And I need fuel to run my mitochondria so that I can create energy and manage energy and dump waste because everything Mm -hmm. happens in the cell. And and you, you said it yourself. And it takes clinicians like yourself to be able to put that together and yeah. to be able to apply that to the worst case scenarios. And, yeah. and it's a wonderful thing because I know what you had to go through and the forces that you had to fight against in order to get anywhere near, um, I won't say acceptance, but <laughs> let's say yeah, you know, to get traction in this area, you know, yeah. uh, you yeah, in February, that. 2016, uh, yeah. You have mentioned that you have a CME for licensed practitioners. Um, I do. And if you'd let everybody know about that. Sweet. So in February, um, February 1st, through a group called Progressive Medical Education, these are CMEs offered for licensed practitioners. This is an amazing – you could go through there and spend your life studying with some of the brightest brains in medicine and research in the world. It's like an online university for doctors who need CMEs. But my except topic I'm for not, this Except I'm not there yet. <laughs> you're gay. You, get, well, you should call them. You should get on there, Jess, seriously. <laughs> okay. I know that Lynn and, and Jessica would love to have you. So my course that night is breast, endometrial, and ovarian cancer, the assessment and treatment from an environmental medicine perspective, and also archived, if you're interested, I did an entire lecture back in October called Methylation and SNPs in Women's Health, Fertility, Autoimmunity, and Cancer. Um, And my husband that he'll be interviewing, he's also one of the faculty on this as well. But while we're talking about February, um, what I'm also offering is the first of its kind. Uh, Janet Ottersberg, Lisa Nielsen, and myself are hosting a retreat in Sayulita, Mexico. I actually just had two openings um, come up. So if anyone's interested, email me immediately. Um, But it's called The Art of Daily Renewal, Cultivating Deep Self-Care. And even though this isn't in the title, what this week actually is, and I'm, I'm, I'm PMing it right now, okay? So we're actually in the process of creating this program it's it's the mitochondria it's called mitochondrial reboot camp so it's you know Ooh, like a boot camp rebooting like it. It. so thank you and it's really helping i like it live. i might show i might show up if you see you know, somebody behind you're the in couch you know you're going to me. <laughs> oh yeah I well you know it's you know, it, come on over because it's going to be amazing and we're very excited about this program um, the inaugural of this type of retreat we've never done one like this and then our usual retreats that are first by no means usual, we do have one coming up in March. This is a big deal. We have, um, we're just starting to launch uh, the announcements of this, the 18th through the 21st of March in Durango, Colorado, where I live. 
Um, mm-hmm. And this is called Soulful Living Retreat, Living Well with Cancer. And this is these boot, these sort of immersion oncology courses for patients, but also living it for four days that I was alluding to earlier that have become incredibly uh, popular and helpful. And this is what I even have doctors come. And the note you made earlier, the comment you made earlier when you said teaching your patients on the seventh grade, you know, seventh grade level and the doctors on the fourth grade level. I have so many doctors who look at the curriculum I teach my patients and they literally say, I don't even know what you're teaching. Like, I want to come to your courses. So what's been happening the last years is I've had doctors in attendance to these retreats who've come thinking they were going to learn something to teach their patients back home, which they did. But all Mm -hmm. of them have said, I've come and I've learned how to take care of myself and my family um, as well. And so it's super exciting when they got more out of it than they bargained for. Um, but we, that we're just opening up and launching both of these retreats as well as my CME talks are on the website. Um, and then a big kind of plug about how we're bridging the gap here is I've been invited to be the keynote speaker at what's called the BelieveBig.org Foundation. This is the organization that is helping Johns Hopkins fund the first mistletoe trial in this country that's intravenous mistletoe for pancreatic cancer. And I'm, I helped write the, you know, was part of the conversation in writing the IRB for this. Um, in consultation with the Johns Hopkins research team, they're already talking about other uh, types of cancers to bring this therapy into, but check out believebig.org and um, mistletoe for oncology. I'm putting, uh, every time you mention something, I'm putting the, uh, the website up rock. in the chat. Thank you, and I'm super excited that these are some big things. I mean, kind of like Jess said in the beginning, my year is insane as far as travel and speaking worldwide and whatnot, but it's the conversation it's that momentum's picking up. We're changing things, Jess. And That's then right. The final it's worth it. It's so push. worth it. It is. It is. And so just today, just a few hours ago, we launched our Kickstarter to help us focus in and get this book that's been in the making mentally for 10 years and really physically in the last two years to get it actually in print by the end of this year or early uh, 2017. Um, our, we have a Kickstarter to help fund all of it because there's a ton of research um, resources we want to put in here as well as the, the test kitchen um, components of our recipes because we've been using them in bulk and retreats, but we haven't done them for like two to four servings. So we have to reformulate a lot of our recipes, but this is a book that's so much more than a cookbook. It's actually called optimal terrain, the complete guide to deep nutrition for cancer, a radical new model for preventing and thriving with cancer based on traditional foods and therapeutic diets with information on how to optimize key body systems, including the genome and microbiome using wild greens, bone broths, fermented foods, and more. And so that um, link is also now up on our social media, on our Facebook. Please like OptimalTerrainConsulting.com on um, Facebook so you can get all these amazing updates of what we're doing. And we are we post like crazy and educate like crazy just like you do, Jess, and we want to invite folks into that conversation for sure. Optimal Terrain Consulting, right? Yep, that's optimalterrainconsulting.com. Got it. I'm putting it up again. Um, so if people uh, – I'm going to ask again if anybody wants to ask questions, to please, please call 646-595-2277, 646-595-2277, or if you're on the chat. Uh, while we're waiting for anybody to, to call in, 
Uh, if anyone wants to work with you or, or get access to mm -hmm. some of the information, uh, where do they go? So you can send it to the website, which you just talked about there, and there's some there's a couple different ways to work with me. My number one favorite way to work with you right now is as being a member on my website. So that's where you have access to me as weekly live Q&As, um, massive archives of information, my newsletter, my blog, research, um, you know, updates and my take on them, as well as all the upcoming events that are you know, out and about and future interviews and webinars ourselves. That is a, a, a membership process. The other way is through these retreats, which are highly recommended because these are the things that you go in and in four days you come out literally a different person. You can actually see it on your blood test how different a, a person you are. Um, and so that's great. And then I do some one-on-one -on -one new client consults, but they are very limited, very far and few between because they book out enormously far in advance. Um, and then finally, the big things I'm doing is if you have a call, a, a doctor or a practice or a research facility that really needs to step it up with regards to bringing in more integrative oncology into the conversation, I'm consulting with clinics and research facilities and um, physicians worldwide as well. So doing a lot. Um, yeah, it's incredible what's happening out there right now. Well, I am beyond suitably impressed. <laughs> oh, bless you, Jess. Right on. Thank but, you. But I'll, t I'll tell you, um, this is only the tip of the iceberg, people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we we're going to have uh, Dr. Nasha. <laughs> we're going to have we're going to have uh, her husband Steve, who is uh, a biochemist. And we're going to be having him. And um, this is, you know, how we work. We work collaboratively. Yeah. Um, there's only two types of ignorance, people. Ignorance I don't know and ignorance I don't care. Ignorance I don't know <laughs> is honorable because nobody can know everything. And when you don't know everything, you work with other people for the best benefit of the patient. Yeah. The yeah. ignorance I don't care means you get up and walk out. Okay. Yeah. And uh, there are people out there that can approach the most serious things and be successful. Okay, and know the biochemistry and the function of the body right down to the genetics and knows and know how to utilize every piece of information to the benefit of that individual patient. Um yeah. this is the kind of stuff you spread around people. This is what you've demanded and this is what you've wanted. You don't want a guru. You want somebody mm -hmm. who really put it together and also has taken the time and the effort, uh, the the Herculean effort, because I, I know the little bit I do is, is, is minuscule compared to what Dr. Nash is doing, you know, and have that information out there for you. Okay, this is the kind of thing where you tell your friends about, you know, this uh, podcast and you spread it so that people yeah. can learn and people can heal. Okay, this is what we've been trying to do. Okay, anybody anybody can come up with a protocol and write a book yeah. and sell that protocol. It is harder to do it this way. It's individualized. Yeah. It takes a long time yeah. with each person. And anybody who's consulted myself and consulted mm -hmm. with Dr. Nash, consulted, consulted with Sean, you know, knows how much work we put into this. Yeah. Okay, yeah. to make sure that this is individualized. Okay, so um, the way to get in touch with Dr. Nasha and access her 
enormous amount of information is OptimalTerrainConsulting.com. Um, she also mentioned uh, BelieveBig.org, which I just signed up for mm-hmm. the uh, signed up for the uh, newsletters. She also okay. uh, spoke about Terry Walls, which is Terry T E R Y W A H L S dot com, and um, there's information there. And as anybody have any questions, because we can obviously go on all night. <laughs> it never ends. Exactly. Well, you know something. Uh, that what I what I took out of this was uh, the best way to heal is to treat and to eat and treat your mitochondria. Uh, looking looking at uh, mitochondrial health and function, even though that tends to be on the uh, a little scary side for most people because most most doctors and most people don't understand, you know, what the mitochondria is and how it functions and so forth. But that is the, you know, if you, uh, like you said, if you abstract to the concrete by blending ancient wisdom with modern science, you can bring mm-hmm. people back with optimal health. And the true way to get to health is by treating the terrain, treating the yeah. foundation. And we all say it a little yeah. bit differently, okay, but we all mean the yeah. same thing. And we're right. all working in the same directions. And uh, this is why, um, you know, over the next couple of months, whenever I can grab Dr. Nasha or, or, or our husband <laughs> Stephen, drag them on the show, show and, you know, and, and get them to, you know, give us pearls of wisdom. Uh, but yeah. I'm going to do it. Uh, and remember that, you know, just as much as toxins, xenoestrogens, uh, and we live in a toxic soup, and we live in a excitotoxic society. By the way, the only, does anybody know the only population <laughs> that doesn't have insomnia? <laughs> the only okay, population that doesn't have yeah, yeah, the, the Amish, right? You know, exactly. because they don't have like, yeah, yeah. So all the things we've been doing to ourselves. Okay, and the toxins that we're being exposed to and the microbes we're being exposed to that are not only injurious on their face, but are messing with our microbiome and that five to seven pounds of microbes in our stomach and our gastrointestinal tract is what runs our genetic expression. Let's not forget also that all the psychological things that PTSD rapes, you you know, you know, sexual abuse, uh, abuse of, of many other sorts, have just as much of an effect on the cellular function as the prior things I mentioned. Um, exactly. It takes an incredible amount of research, an incredible amount of effort, and the willingness to climb uphill against, <laughs> you know who we're talking about. I can't mention it because I won't be able to walk out of my office without dodging out the back way and repelling out the back of my, you know, back of my building because the guys with the men in black are out there with the, uh, and they forget I'm a better shop than them, but that's besides the point. I'm from Brooklyn. Oh you know, it's like, hey, yo, what are you thinking? <laughs> you know, ain't going to happen. But um, uh, we all have, I really, he's laughing in the background. I can hear him. I'm like, great. Now Steve just snuck into the car. <laughs> of course. You know, he's got to get into the conversation. Uh, but let me, uh, let me say, let me um, express my appreciation for the, um, not only for you on the show tonight, but for all the work you do, all the work you and Steve do, and putting it together for people. Because I know that, you know, you can just hold on to your knowledge like a dog with a bone, but you don't. <laughs> Okay, yeah. you spread it. Yeah. And the only way we're going to defeat 
chronic illness in our lifetimes is by teaching people that it doesn't have to be and giving them resources that they can be empowered and take charge of their own health. And there are a lot of people out there who have this little piece of the pie and they say, ooh, I'm going to hold on to it. Like, oh, I'm going to hold on to X. And, you know, they have their little following. And yeah. what can I say? But that's not the way it works. You know, we have to spread this. We have to share it. We have to do it individually and we have to do it generally. And that's why we're working our tails off. And I don't even have a tail yeah. anymore. So it's yeah. okay. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm sorry. That it. is my nature. It's my nature. I, yeah. That's why we connect. You're goofy as, as goofy as we are. So it's, it's perfect. That's good. <laughs> I'm sorry. Anybody who falls asleep listening to my podcast, you get, I mean, it had to mean something. I didn't know what it meant at the time, but it had to mean something, you know. I love it. Well, I know for the people who do know my husband and have worked with him, to know that Steve listens to what Jess offers on this podcast and learns from it is something. Because most people think that Steve is the craziest, smartest man on the planet. So, Jess, I think that is, gives some he is scary. He is scary the work smart. you do. He is scary smart. <laughs> Honestly, he is. You know, and he's and he's just yeah. as goofy as I am, which is weird. Completely. And and Completely. strange and, and very dangerous. <laughs> my gosh this is this has been so much fun Jess I really appreciate you and your audience um, listening in and and that's just it is one of the things I'm hoping happens this year is more and more of us come together and collaborate to really change the system because it's the patients it's all of the patients out there demanding it and we Mm -hmm. are of service to that need um, and and trying to educate the masses. You're you're doing an extraordinary job, and I so appreciate you. As of you. you know, and and guys, it. guys, guys out there, remember exactly what Dr. Nasha just said. Demand it. Demand it. Absolutely. Demand it. There is no reason to suffer. Doesn't mean it's going to be easy, but when they shrug their shoulders and say it's all in your head, okay, it's time yeah. to find a different doctor. Okay, yeah. call us. The reason this is changing is because you have demanded it. You're being empowered, and that's what we're working for. Okay, not for our own self-aggrandizement. We're doing it because we want to see chronic illnesses go away. Okay, because there's no reason for them. Dr. Nasha, thanks so much for your time. Tell Steve he's next up on the list, and I will grill him like a fish. I will not make it easy on him. I will do my research, and it will be all over for him. You know, oh, tell him he's gonna need it. <laughs> <laughs> he will now he's gonna be quivering in his shoes. This is good. This is really good. Everyone, thank you <laughs> for being with be, us tonight. You know? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You're in thank for you a treat here, Steve, I tell you. Thanks, Jeff. I'm Have a beautiful night. Take Back care. At you. Take care. Thanks. Bye bye. Again, everybody, that was Dr. Nasha Winters. Uh, If you want to consult with her or uh, look at all the various information that she has available, it is Optimal Terrain Consulting, all one word, dot com. Uh, Her and her husband, Steve, are nothing short of an amazing couple who have dedicated their lives uh, to healing. You know, uh, in the Bible, it says, um, not to be religious, but uh, in the Bible, it says there's nothing greater you can do then give up your life for a friend. That doesn't mean just jumping on a hand grenade 
when the hand grenade is thrown. It means dedicating your life where you could be just taking it all in for yourself, but dedicating your life. I know for uh, for Dr. Nash and Dr. Steve that, you know, there is a special place roped off in heaven, whatever your concept of heaven is, for people like this, because they've had to fight for many years, decades, an uphill battle against the powers that be that want you to remain sick. That's what it is. Next week, we're going to have a a guest, uh, Donna Morrow, who... uh, Basically, almost got healed from diabetes and had was going to have a um, foot amputation, and she's going to tell us a story of hope of how things reversed for her. Okay, and hopefully the week after that, I can get uh, Dr. Steve and um, and keep my promise of growing like a fish. It'll take me about two weeks to get all the questions up and the research so that I can really do a, a good job of uh, you know. Um, burning him on either side, but he's going to be an incredible uh, person to uh, to listen to. So uh, again, um, I'm referencing my uh, prior, il- my recent illness, I, I do thank everybody for the outpouring of love and support. Um, you have no conception of what it meant to me. Um, I work very, very hard by myself. You know, you know, I'm sitting in my office here talking to a computer, right? I don't get any feedback. Okay. And I do an awful lot of work. I work often seven days a week, and, uh, which has been my biggest problem, okay, but um, to have uh, the outpouring that I felt meant so very much to me. You guys keep fighting, okay? You keep it up. Remember, there's no reason to have to live like this, no reason whatsoever, and we're going to be right there with you, and guess what? It's not just me. It's Dr. Nash, it's Dr. Steve, it's Sean, everybody else, we're all there with you, so take care. Been a long road getting from there to here. It's been a long time, but my time is finally here. But I can feel the change.